Hey listeners and welcome to the very first episode of the Surf Coast Creative Podcast. I'm your host Ben Hucker. With me today I've got Al and Imogen Roberts from Al and Emo Handmade. How's it going? Not handmade. Not handmade, it's just Al and Emo now. Just Al and Emo now. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going good. How about you guys? Very well, thanks. Yeah, we're really good. We've had a nice busy day today and being able to sit down here with you guys is really lovely. It's nice to see some faces. Yeah, I must admit it's but for myself and Jess, it's the first time we've come face to face with people in about six weeks, Jess, other than going down to the supermarket and seeing people. So this is unreal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. A bit of human contact. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Now, you guys, you're good friends of ours, but there's probably a lot of people out there that don't know much about your business and what you do. Do you want to just, maybe you, Al, just give us a quick summary of Al and Emo and All what right. you do? Um, yeah, so we make timber furniture, mostly beds, and we do it from our house on the surf coast down in Freshwater Creek. And yeah, I do all the making of the beds. We both work on design together and we come up with custom pieces of furniture for uh, customers who come to us, yeah. And Imo, you are the digital marketing wizard behind this business. How do you guys go about getting customers? I know it's a pretty good business and you're flat out doing projects, so we appreciate your time today. For the listeners who are listening in, you know, they're starting their own business. How do you go about getting leads for your business? Oh, that's a good one because we've got a lot of different lead channels to direct traffic to our website. I think the one thing that most of our customers come is through Google search. And the reason why they do come through Google search is because we are a service-based business. People that are coming to us are looking for custom furniture and things that they can customize themselves. So the first thing someone does if they're looking for a custom-made piece of furniture is they type it in Google. So that's somewhere that I definitely put most of my energy. And other places, obviously, social media, such an incredible platform to use for business and marketing. It's a great place to share your story and it's where we first started our business. And then also we've got an email database of people who have contacted us, they're interested in our product, and that means we can speak directly to them. And you just alluded to first starting your business. If we can go back a step, we've kind of jumped straight into your digital marketing and the business model. Can we go back a few steps? Imogen, you are from far north Queensland, I do believe. I am, I'm from Cairns. I grew up there most of my life. And then I moved straight to Melbourne after I finished high school and studied fashion. Studied fashion. Al? Uh, I grew up in Melbourne. Like, um, I was born in Melbourne. We lived in Perth for five years when I was very little and then came back when I was seven and basically lived in Paran my whole life. Inner city kid, sort of loved skateboarding and just, yeah, I was just a city kid until we moved down here. So... How does a guy from the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, Paran, meet a girl mm-hmm. from far north Queensland? <laughs> uh, we met at my sister's 21st, actually. Yeah, I don't know what came over me. I just thought, like, I'm not like a speech kind of guy, but it was my sister's 21st, and I was like, oh, I think I should say something, you know? Like, it's my sister's 21st. It's a big moment. I got up and I said this speech about, how one day she wanted me to break her arm so she could be like me and Nick, her our brother, because <laughs> we'd broken our bones and she just wanted to be like us. And Imo loved the story. 
and contacted me on Facebook actually yeah, and hit me up. I, she was chasing I, me. The emo came up to you. Yeah, I tracked Dale down. I was like, I, I kind of liked what I saw there. And um, I guess maybe that's part of my nature is being very forward and kind of going after what I want. And it was all pretty like hard and fast. We were chatting for a little bit online. And then when we first caught up... It was a bit up, slow to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but then as soon as we actually met in person, mm. it, I think we it were inseparable. Yeah. You were playing it hard to get up? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Like, thinking back, I was just single and just doing what I wanted to do. And Imo came into my life and then it was just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, and cool. It was, yeah. And what, what age was this? Uh, I was 22, I think. And I was 21. And how old are you guys now? 30. 29. Yeah. 30 and 29. MO big 3-0 this year. Next year. Next year. Mm-hmm. Look out for that one. Ooh. So met at age 21. So you started dating, you started seeing each other. You Obviously, you know, you had your creative background. Um, oh, what were you doing at the time? So you were... Uh, I was in my final year of carpentry apprenticeship and living with a mate in South Yarra and just kind of living off cans of tuna and rice and <laughs> not much else and then just partying on the weekends and stuff and uh that's yeah, actually was, not a bad diet tuna and rice yeah it was not bad i was i was reasonably healthy drinking a lot of iced coffee and smoking ciggies though which didn't help so you know had a bit of balance there <laughs> balance it out with the yeah. cigarettes very yeah. nice sounds like a typical student life yeah yeah pretty much so at what point did you guys see you started dating, you were together for a couple of years, and then you decided you'd make the move to the surf coast? When did you guys do that? So we moved down to the surf coast uh, just over three years ago. It'll be coming up to four years in September. And we'd started making a little bit of furniture in our garage, in our share house in Elwood. And Al had, well, we both started surfing on the weekends mm-hmm. and we were coming down to Torquay and further down the coast every single weekend. And like, I'm not a city girl. Like I didn't grow up in the city. I love nature. And we thought if we really wanted to give this business a crack, we needed more space and we just couldn't afford to rent somewhere big enough in inner city Melbourne. So we thought we'd come down here. And haven't looked back? Have not looked back. No, I don't think... It's so funny because I grew up in the city and it was all I knew. But as soon as we moved down here, I was like, what have I been doing, you know? And now, yeah, I can't imagine living anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah, there's a definite vibe on the surf coast for creative industries yeah. and artists and all the rest and create tours. Did you get that vibe immediately? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we already knew um, a couple of like people through... I knew a guy who was like through work and he, his wife is an artist and stuff. And then, I don't know, there was just definitely a different vibe to Melbourne down here, smaller community. Yeah. So Al, you came down here as a chippy, Emo, you were doing a bit of digital marketing and whatnot. When did the idea for Alan to Emo come about? We actually started it when we were living in Melbourne um, from the share house. And we made like a few pieces for some people, um, but it really started to kick off once we'd moved down. And Al was, you were working maybe like one day a week on the business, and then working as a chippy the mm-hmm. rest of the time. And then that's slowly changed until you got into it full time, which happened a lot quicker than we expected. Yeah. 
I know there's a lot of people listening that would be in a similar situation where it's kind of, you know, they're spending a little bit of part-time um, hours and whatnot on their hobby or side interest, and they're probably thinking, I could do this full-time. How did you come about making that decision to make the big leap into full-time? You know, it was a lot, a lot of pressure for family, friends, you know, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Just play it safe. There's plenty of building work down here on the coast. There's, you know, there's Armstrong Creek and all sorts of estates popping up in the area. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we moved, we kind of decided this is what we want to do, but obviously we didn't have the amount of work to keep us both busy full time. So I actually called the guy I first worked for before I came down and I said, look, I've got this idea to start a furniture company. Is it okay if I just work four days a week? And then I've got, I think I took Mondays off. So I had uh saturday sunday monday to work on furniture stuff and then from there it kind of just grew the more work we started to get the less days i did for him sort of thing and then yeah it eventually just i think we went over to europe one year and we came back and we had enough work to keep me going full time and from then on it's always been my job yeah and i've started only full time on the business this year Mm -hmm. so the rest of the time i've been working uh doing other jobs as well so this is definitely not an overnight success story no. this has taken a lot of time this has taken what the best part of three years three years yeah we've been in living down here for nearly four years well i got a facebook notification yesterday saying that we created our alanimo logo four years ago yesterday four years ago yeah yeah and you only just went full time this year yeah so you know what were you doing to sort of support the business. So you're obviously doing something else on the side. Was that your digital marketing and? Yeah, so I was doing uh, like website design, graphic design, uh, marketing for small businesses. I had my own business called Immo Creative. I still do a little bit of that work on the side for existing clients, but it was always a stepping stone until I could get into Alan Immo full time. And this year I've really like just jumped in and in the deep end really. And maybe it was a little too premature, but sometimes I think you just need to back yourself. So it was pretty much a case of that. Back yourself, don't look back. Totally. Mm-hmm. Is anyone in particular that inspired you at the time to take the big leap? Not necessarily. I think I just had it written down on my goals list, like Alan Emo full time. It's something that I've wanted for a really long time, and I felt like 2020 was the year that I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been an interesting year. Obviously, we've been thrown into this. <laughs> Corona crisis. Mm-hmm. If we can talk for a minute about the elephant in the room, which is COVID-19. Yeah. How have you guys coped with COVID-19? What effect has it had on your business, your health, your daily routines? Is it business as usual? Um, pretty much for us, not much has changed business-wise. Like we both work from home anyway. Um, the only thing that has changed really is um, like socialising stuff, which is a bit of an escape from the business. But as far as business goes, everything's pretty much running as usual, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would definitely say we've found opportunity. I think in the first couple of weeks that it all kind of was going a little bit crazy, there was definitely a little bit of worry about if we could sustain our business. I mean, my biggest fear is that we would have to go back to our day jobs. Mm. Um, So I'm willing to do everything in my power to make sure that we can make our business work. I think lockdown has definitely shown us that we can run our business quite frugally and with less overheads. So we have actually come up with a solution to do photo shoots in our lounge room, which never would have happened if this 
Yeah. If we weren't locked down, like we usually do our photo shoots offsite, but we've now created like this wall that spins out so we can create a photo studio in our dining room, which has been awesome. So you've basically built a business that's recession proof, would you say? Uh, we haven't had the recession yet. In the we haven't technically suffered from it yet because I don't know, our customers just keep coming through and we're yeah. very lucky to have that because some furniture makers have mentioned on their Instagrams and so forth like that their business has dropped off but for some reason Imo's doing her job too well and we just keep <laughs> getting getting the orders, don't we? Yeah, no, I think we're okay at the moment. I think the thing is is we're also not very greedy. Like we only take on as much work as we can do. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of us. Um, we've got very low overheads because we work from home and yeah, I think maybe quality over quantity is kind of one of our mottos. So we have enough work to get us by. And as long as we can pay for our rent and our food, we're, we're stoked. That's kind of alluding to future plans. Is there a plan to grow beyond a, a team of two? Do you want to take this business to, you know, a team of 20 employees or is that just not the case? Do you want to keep it boutique? Nah, for me personally, that's never been my goal. And I, I've managed people in the past. Like when I was a chippy, I ran a couple of jobs for a company I worked for and managing people was something I I got okay at doing and I, I did a reasonable job, but I just didn't like it. I like, um, Imo just said to the, today that I'm a self-proclaimed loner because I, <laughs> I am, I do like working on my own and some of the best times I have is just working in my workshop by myself and just yep. podcast in or whatever music on that's my idea of good work and yep. yeah i'd i'd like to keep it that way if i can so so that's your state of flow basically yeah that's where you pretty do, much do your best yeah. work yeah and you obviously do a lot of surfing too al which mm-hmm. has been described as a bit of a loner sport <laughs> yeah it is because you can go out and do it on your own and just yep. like sit out the back and wait for waves and you can also do it with your mates, so it is fun to, you know, go out with your mates and have a surf and have a chat out the back. But, yeah, it's definitely something you can do on your own, which is a lot of the things that I choose to do in life you can do on your own. I'm yeah. kind of a stubborn person and I like to be in control of my own life and that's why I choose the things that I choose, yeah. And you, Imo, how do you, you're a pretty social creature. Yeah, I love to be around people, so isolation's been a bit tricky for me. Um, but with our business, we've, we've created a really beautiful community of other small business owners and creatives, and I've got my outlets of how I can connect with my friends and other people as well. So although the business is just the two of us, I do feel like I have a wider network of people who are also you know, creatives and business owners. So the plan is to stay on the coast. You got you guys are based at Freshwater Creek. You got the studio there. Any plans to move? Oh, not anytime soon. Not until we can build the dream home. Yeah, I think we're pretty happy with where we are right now, and we've sort of tossed up like, oh, could we move to another rental and get a bigger shed or whatever? But at the moment, we kind of just focus on staying here. The owner of the property is happy for us to sort of make little add-ons and stuff, which we have done. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty content with where we are at the moment. Yeah, cool. So we started with, kind of jumped into your business model at the start. So SEO and digital marketing, if we can touch on that subject for a bit, it's obviously a big part of your business. You know, have you got any sort of 
fast tips or advice for people listening in to... Uh, SEO is a long game, isn't it? There's no real shortcuts. Oh, yeah, it is a long game. Um, but I think if you do it right from the beginning, you can generate a lot of traffic to your website organically. Uh, so one thing would definitely be making sure the images you put on your website are the right size and they're labeled correctly so that Google images are going to pick them up. The other thing I would do is, you know, a lot of people get a website built or they build one and then they just leave it there. A website is like a house plant. You need to water it. If you don't water it, you don't add new content. It'll just drop, you know, and it'll go down. I would definitely suggest Google reviews are a really great way of, um, you know, making your website uh, rank higher. And I would definitely say, you know, there's so many online courses you can jump on and like find information about SEO. It's definitely something that I suggest every business owner looks into. So it's not one of those furfies that you go, oh yeah, we'll do that someday. It's it's pivotal yep. to your business. And I think mm-hmm. do it from day one too. Yep. And it's the thing about SEO is it's not this like, you know, Instagram is a very shiny and ego boosting platform to be on, but it actually doesn't drive that much traffic. We don't rely on social media for sales. Mm-hmm. Um, where SEO is behind the scenes, it's not very pretty. You don't really know what kind of results you're getting out of it, but it's it's really important. Yeah. So for example, our homepage, we've got the Surf Coast Creatives, we've just set it up. We've got a couple of images on the front. So we would go into the alt tags. Is this what you're talking about when you're saying you're labeling images? Yeah, so you wanna make sure, like if it's a photo of you and Jess, you yep. would be like uh, Ben Hucker and Jessica Mellington, the creatives of Surf Coast uh, Creatives Podcast. Yep. Um, you'd also want to make sure on your homepage that you've got a lot of really nice, rich text that explain exactly what you do. Location, uh, the service that you provide. Your homepage is where you need to put all of your hero information. Mm-hmm. Hero being your product? Uh, yeah, so for us, it's our product. We have every single one of our products with a mini description of them on our homepage. Mm. Okay. Lots of keywords. Like, this is one thing you most taught me is like, Keywords like handmade, recycled timber, all this stuff is written into the homepage of the website so that anyone typing that on Google, it's going to hit our webpage. Okay, so that's the digital marketing side. Is there anything on the social media? I think social media... Oh, I have a battle with social media because one week I'll be like really on the ball and I'll be all over it and I'll really love it. And then another week, I just don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's such a great place to network and meet other people. Um, it's a really great place to share your story and create a bit more of a brand following. Uh, in terms of sales, I, I'm nervous to rely on it to make sales because I do feel like you're on borrowed land. Yep. Um, so I use it more of a networking and a way to kind of speak a little bit more openly with our customers. Yep. And having your own real estate, you guys are on Squarespace, I do believe, yes. your website. So you would say that's vitally important as well to have your own website, your own domain? Uh, definitely. Like I, our website for us is where all of our traffic comes to and it's where it's where we can like sell the products you know it's like you bring it home like they might find you from somewhere else but this is where they can land find all of the information they need um, and then follow through to purchase if they would like to Um, we've got our website set up where we actually don't display any prices the reason we do that is because once people type in their information we can push them 
uh, all the information they need about a product. But in the meantime, we're actually capturing their email address, mm -hmm. which is a really important marketing tip for us because then we can speak directly to them through yep. marketing emails. Because social media, you might reach maybe 8% of your followers with a post, yep. whereas email, straight to their inbox. And obviously Facebook and Insta, making it harder and harder to reach your audience. I oh, mean, you have to pay up these days, don't you? No, it's impossible. So it's... Compared to what it used to be. I mean, I yeah. read a stat the other day that your business, the posts on your business page only reach three or 4% of your audience or something yeah. ridiculous mm -hmm. like that. So. so I think like a lot of people put a lot of effort into social media where I think there are definitely other places where you could benefit more, which is SEO and email. So without doubt, your, one of your biggest assets is your email list? Yes, definitely. Can we ask how many subscribers you have on your list? Uh, it's almost 5,000. Almost 5,000. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you you guys go about sending a weekly email to these people? I know you've got a weekly video that you do every Friday morning on Facebook. Yeah, so we've got our breakfast show, which we started in November. And it's just weekly updates of what we've been up to in our business. And that was mainly just a fear thing of putting ourselves out there and a challenge. And it's been great. It's really nice to, you know, just do something a little bit different and put yourself out there. Email, we, oh, they're, look, they're not regular at all. They're when we have the time. Um, it depends. Yeah, we just basically are sending out kind of content to people of what we've been up to and, Letting, at the moment, we're fully booked for the year, so we can't really sell. So um, our emails are more about what we're going on, what's going on with our community um, mm -hmm. and kind of our DIY projects. And that's taken every bit of four years to build that from zero to 5,000? Uh, okay. Yes, we started our email database from day one. Yep. Um, but this year, I've been focusing more on lead funnels and we have some DIY projects on our website and our goal setting guide, which are downloadable eBooks. They're free. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this year alone, we've had over a thousand downloads. So they're wow. really good at generating leads. So you, do, you, do you go down the funnel and contact those people with um, segmented emails or do you just let those people be? We just let them be. I yeah. mean, I might eventually go down that route, but at the moment, I just, I feel like I do so many other things. I'm not that savvy yet, but yep. it is on the list of things. Uh-huh, on the list of a thousand one things to do when you're running a business. Mm -hmm. Totally. So we've covered sort of the marketing side. What about you, Al? So you must have some processes that you streamline. You must have some pretty serious workflows to punch out. How many beds are you making per month on average? Um, probably at least one a week, maybe give or take, you know, one or two each month if, it, if it's a complicated design or whether it's... A simple design sort of thing yeah we should add that these are high-end custom-made beds like we're talking two or three grand for a bed are we yeah so uh, they range from sort of like two grand up to sort of eight thousand you know depending $8, on what thousand dollars yeah people want some pretty extravagant beds sometimes with all drawers and shelves and stuff built into them and that can really jack up the price sometimes yeah so how do you go about speeding up your workflows without sort of compromising on quality? It's constantly like trying to just streamline the processes by say, like even Jeff here has come in and helped me out doing some of the work that's less skilled. You don't, I don't need to be doing it. I can be doing the work that I'm required to do and have like someone like Jess come in and fill all the timbers and then I can sand it up quickly and it's ready to go. 
Um, and then also buying in bulk, like buying a bulk amount of jobs worth of timber can help. And then one thing I'm always trying to do is force myself to sand everything before I build it because, you know, the fun part for me is the building mm -hmm. process. But if I sand it all beforehand, it's generally a lot easier to sand afterwards once it's built. Um, and just finding little things like that along the way to kind of make it easier throughout the process, yeah. You're definitely getting quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also just knowing exactly the dimensions of each job and stuff. Like as I've built certain styles over and over again, mm -hmm. I definitely get quicker because I know things off the top of my head and just can pump it out. So you're kind of 10 steps ahead in your own mind? Yeah, when you start I know what I'm going to do next and I know what I've got to have done by two days from now and sort of that, that kind of mentality. Similar yeah. to a builder that's onto his yeah. 150th home that he's building. Yeah, and also that's a big part of my job is sort of estimating the time of each job, which is similar to carpentry. Like this is what I've learned through doing that is, you know, quoting a job, you have to know how many days it'll take you to do and how many you can fit in a month, how many you can fit in a year and so on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so been a lot through business, your workflows. We should actually say hello to Jess, our hello, Jess. co-founder and loyal <laughs> assistant of the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. Yeah. Jess is listening in, taking notes, transcribing and doing all sorts of stuff. Yep. Doing a great job. So we've been, we've talked business. If we can talk mindset. So obviously been a tough time for a lot of people, a lot of people out of work. How are you guys dealing with it? So is there... Obviously, you love what you do. You can tell that from the way you're talking about your business. Is there days, though, when you just want to pack it in and go back to a salary? Uh, there's definitely days... shaking your head. <laughs> there's days that are hard, and both of us talk about this quite often. Like, you know, we have a bad day, but I'm always thinking, what would I rather be doing? And that's something I always ask myself. I'm always assessing my my life and wondering like is this what i want to be doing and i think that's important for everyone to do because if you don't ask yourself why you're doing something you might get stuck in a path that you don't want to be on and i think yeah that's really important for us yeah i could never imagine going back to working for somebody else and i just love what we're creating together and and building and um yeah i don't know i think we're very grateful for the opportunities that have come along and we're pretty good match. I think we're a good team. Like you work very hard and we bounce off each other. So if one of us is having a bad day, the other one definitely jumps in and picks, picks them up. We had a particularly hard February. We just had a lot of like mm. business challenges that we, uh, there were just kind of those things that like, Oh, that was event that was bound to happen eventually. But we just happened to have like five of those in one month yep. and we hadn't really had many hurdles up until that point. So February was a bit of a tough one, but I mean, we're through the other side now and stronger than ever. And we've changed some of our, you know, business um, methods and yeah, it's all for the best. Like the challenges and what's make you grow. Do you want to go through one of those specific challenges in Feb? You may take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your pick. <laughs> five in one month. So, this so is five we'll, major. I'll bring one up. We had um, a customer up in... Sydney and mm -hmm. we sent a bet up to him and yep. 
We had a great relationship through email. Imo and him were back and forthing over email and he was like, oh, I love what you guys do. I'm so stoked. I'm pumped to get my bed. And then all of a sudden we we were about to ship the bed up to him and then he suddenly sends this email saying like, you know, this is horrible customer service and we were just like, whoa, this is, what's going on here? And it turned out that um, he'd had a bad experience on the phone with our freight company. Mm-hmm. One of the guys on the phone just must have been rude to him or something. No, it was, we'd had a, um, oh, we were, something got missed in translation between us, the freight company and him. Yeah. So there was just like a little bit of miscommunication. And so once we received this email, you know, like as a small business owner, as soon as someone says something not positive about your business like you could take it so personally and i lost so much sleep over this and i was totally heartbroken and um then we you know al got straight on the phone and spoke to him and we'd realized what had happened and we made sure we fixed the solution but it just made us realize that the communication between us the freight company and the customer just needs to be a little bit more streamlined we fixed that problem now and he asked for a desk so the guy was really great. Like we figured it out, but at the yeah. time I was like, my heart was just pounding and I, I think I just wanted to cry because I'd never received an email like that before. What yeah. did the email say? Is it uh, explosives or? No, no, no. It was just like something about our business practices. And mm-hmm. that's just a really, you know, a shocking thing when you put so much, you know, work into something, but you've always got to understand where the person's coming from and for Al to jump straight on the phone and just hash it out straight away and realize that it was just a bit of a misunderstanding. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes things. sometimes things can get communicated badly through email. Like it's not as personal as just talking on the phone to someone. And the back and forth can be, you know, you're not putting a voice to someone, you, let alone a face. So it's much easier now, I've realized, to just get someone on the phone and you can really get a grip on what the situation actually is, you know? Just get it sorted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was something that was really out of your control, but it was one of those, I guess it's a difficult experience where you've got someone who's paid for a bed and they expect the process to be perfect, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, interstate freight, once it leaves your hands and it's in transit, that's something that you have to smooth out. Like we have had a couple of, you know, testing times with freight companies Mm -hmm. and just trying to find the right people that will look after the product and deliver it to the customer the way like you expect it to. So that's just part of running a business, you know, like logistically finding the right people. Do do you have a full account manager with your transport company, those types of things, or are you just basically sending this stuff and hoping for the best? We've got a really good company now and we are so happy with their quality and it's just taken a little bit of figuring out to get there but we've got a great process now. It's just one of those things when you start a business, like we've never, you know, shipped furniture interstate before. This is new to us. We weren't furniture makers and um, the only interstate traveling I'd done was when I moved down. And I think when I moved down from Cairns at 19, I had a box of junk, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and who, who is the transport company? Uh, Mullumbimby Removals, they're fabulous. Mullumbimby Removals. Yep, and they service the whole East Coast and we love them very much. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) Cha-ching, cha-ching. Just for the sake of listeners who are maybe making goods similar to yourselves and want to find a good transport company. So there you go. So 
it gets difficult in patches. How do you deal with the difficulties in terms of your day-to-day -day routines, you know, your mindset? Is there meditation? I know you guys are quite healthy and fit. I know it's a big part of your daily routine. Can you take us through a day in the life of Alan Emo? Sure. Well, I get up first, generally. I've got my alarm set for like 10 to 6, usually. I used to get up at about 5 and maybe do a workout, but working for myself, I realise I don't have to get up that early anymore and I can work later if I want, so it's fine to get up a little bit later. 5.50 being late for me. Later. That's right. This is um, every day of the week. Uh, this is just Monday to Friday. Weekends, yep. I turn the alarm off and just wake up when I wake up. So 5am if the surf is good, 5.50 otherwise. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'll get up earlier if the surf's going to be yep. on and I want to get in the water when the sun's coming up. Um, I'll get up, have a big glass of water. That's always the first thing I do. Then I'll sit down, do my meditation for 10 minutes. Then I'll make a coffee and sometimes do some stretching while I'm doing that. Bring the coffee in for Imo and myself and then get back into bed, actually. Really? Yeah. And then... The Imo gets a coffee in bed. Yeah, yeah coffee so in bed, little kisses on the forehead. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I'll usually, like, maybe read a chapter of a book or just go on my phone, check emails, whatever. And We usually have a nice chat in the morning over yeah. our coffee. We watch the sunrise through our window, which is quite lovely. And then we're usually out of bed by seven. Yeah. And then it's basically... I've stopped eating breakfast recently just to the ease of it. It's easier not to eat breakfast sometimes. So I'm usually just straight out the door and working on the furniture stuff unless we have like a meeting. Sometimes we just discuss jobs we've got on, emails, people contacting us. Yep. Yeah, and then it's off to work. And that's a, that's a really, de sounds like a really deliberate routine, Emo. You're obviously in bed till about 6, 6.30, so... Yeah, so we'll, we'll be in bed till about 7, we have our coffee together, then I jump out, and I usually get onto my computer and I start, you know, I've got like a list of tasks that I've written usually the night before of what I want to get done, um, and yeah, just kind of work my way through them. Sometimes I like to try to get outside and go for a walk and whatnot. Yeah, and... In saying all this, like every day is different. A lot of the time we don't have the same routine of every day because mm -hmm. like today, for instance, we drove to Lawn first thing in the morning to deliver a bed, yep. came back, filmed the brekkie show. We had our accountant, had our come, accountant over. come over. And no furniture work was done at all by me today. So it's always different. And that's part of the fun of having your own business is you get to do all these different things and it keeps it interesting. Yep, so it's definitely yeah. not a dry sort of, you know, wake up six, get into the beds, do that, go for surf. You, nice. can, you can mix it up. Yeah, yeah. totally. Basis. It's always different. And I mean, the first <laughs> Monday of every month we have our money meeting, so that usually takes a fair bit of time. And we talk about kind of our goals for the month ahead and what we want to achieve and maybe what we missed the month before that we wanted to do mm -hmm. and reassess what our goals are and make sure that we're moving forward and never staying stagnant. So there's one consistency there, and it seems to be waking up early. Do you reckon that's a big part of your success? Yeah, I'd say mostly one of our best qualities is goal setting and writing lists the night before, or if you can't get to it the night before, first thing in the morning, just to set yourself up for the day so that you don't get confused or flustered as to what you need to get done. You just, you've got your list, you've already thought about it, and you can just get into it. Um, just makes for a, a better sleep and a bit more 
Yeah, especially if you've night. written it the night before, it just makes waking up yep. that you don't stress about what you got to do. You've already thought about it and you just get into it. We'll have that as a key takeaway for listeners. So just writing a list the night before of yeah. things you need to do. Such the a next simple morning. thing to do, but yep. it can really help, you know, take another stress off your shoulders. So that's written down, that's there. You don't yep. have to worry about it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Al, you mentioned you do 10 minutes of meditation. Have you got any an app that you use for I that? I do. Or? I use um, Waking Up with Sam Harris. Waking his Up? App. Yeah, it's a really good app. It's just guided meditations, and he sort of just talks you through all different types of meditation. It's mostly just mindfulness type of meditation. Is he yeah. the guy that wrote 10% Happier? Is that, that guy? Um, not sure. The news Maybe. anchor? He had a breakdown on TV. I'm not too sure, actually. I don't... He's got a podcast of his own called Sam Harris. I'm pretty sure. Waking up, but I don't listen to his podcast. I just do his, do his meditation. Well, that's a good one. So waking up, Imo. Yes. Do you get into the meditation? Not really. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Like for me, walking's my meditation. I'd rather like walk along and like either with no music and just like let my mind wander, Mm -hmm. um, or I'll listen to some kind of podcast or something but I don't know I I've never been one to sit still I just find it really hard yep yeah so on the go yeah so your role in this business requires a fair bit of time behind a, a laptop a computer screen how do you deal with that if you feel like you need to be on the move all the time um oh no like I'm once I'm in the zone I'm in the zone and I can I can literally sit in front of that computer for 10 hours and yep. straight if I'm working on projects that I'm really excited about um, sometimes I have to get myself out of the computer room and get myself outside because I've trapped myself in there for too long. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, we we live somewhere so beautiful. Like we live on a farm. We've got the most beautiful view. So even just jumping out of bed in the morning and walking outside and watching the sunrise, like that to me is meditation. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a pretty good response. Like it's it doesn't have to be sit down on a pillow, you know. Mm-hmm. Then does it? It can be something as simple as going for a walk. Definitely, I think so. Especially when the sun's coming up, it's a bit chilly. That makes you feel like you're right there in the moment. So you're out there at Freshwater Creek. You're running your business. I gather, Al, you've got quite a few mates and friends that are back in Melbourne. Imo, I gather you've got family and friends that are back in far north Queensland. How do you do? You feel ever feel isolated out at Freshwater Creek? How do you keep the balance of sort of staying social and um, yeah, so we definitely did feel that way when we first moved down. And it's funny you bring this up because we just did our brekkie show on this topic and it was making a community of where wherever you are. And we moved down here, obviously, and didn't really know anyone. And we sort of had to seek out a community of our own again because all our friends weren't in the same place as us. And we actually, funnily enough, found that through Jess's gym. <laughs> Um, and met Jess, met you through the gym. We met a whole bunch of friends through the gym and they're yep. friends for life now and it's it's been really cool. So we've got our own group of friends here and we've got friends all over the place now. So it's really nice to have different groups of friends, yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is, is when you get older, you tend to meet people who maybe are on a similar path to you. And for us, that's other business owners and, and creatives. And, you know, our friends from, you know, high school and uni and stuff that it's just all so different like we've got different friends from different 
parts of our lives and the ones that we're meeting now are, you know, really amazing. And yeah, I don't know, we feel very lucky to have such a very supportive community of friends and family. Yeah, I, I must admit, like we alluded to Jess's gym there before, it was called the Ox Effect. It ran for two years in Torquay, one of the first gyms in Torquay. Um, one of the big things for me when I first moved to Torquay was making friends. And that's the reason mm-hmm. I joined the gym. It's the so same did we, reason. Yeah. 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 And met you guys and <laughs> met Jess, who I now live And here we are. So <laughs> it's crazy. All roads lead back to the Ox Effect. So. Yeah. I know. It was such a hub of people who had just moved to the surf coast yep. from the city. And I literally would walk up to people being like, I have no friends. Let's hang out. Um, <laughs> and we've met some of our best friends. I mean, we had a whole bunch of people that we'd met through the gym at our wedding last year. Yeah. And it's just so amazing. Like, I still bump into people in the supermarket now. And, yeah, it's if anyone's ever looking for community and friends, uh, join a group fitness gym. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's like it? the Tinder of friendships. There's another tip. Yeah. yeah. Join a gym. Once these ISO restrictions are taken yeah, away. Yeah, totally. Go and join your local gym. You never know who you'll end up living with. Yes, yeah, <laughs> You find it. love at the gym. <laughs> Just grinning from ear to ear. So we've covered business. We've covered mindset. We've covered a little bit of health and fitness. Can we talk about creativity? So... One of the big questions we want to try and answer on the Surf Coast Creators podcast is creativity and whether or not it's nature or nurture. So can it be something that's taught or do you believe it's something that you're sort of born with and you've either got it or you don't? I believe that it it's in someone's nature to be creative. I think most people have it in them to have ideas to be creative and everyone's got that idea, you know, like, oh, maybe I should sell books or some name an idea if people have them but it's the nurturing that idea that really creates something so yeah it's a bit of both in my mind like you have the idea but you have to act on that idea for it to actually come to fruition mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think uh consistency plays such a large role in any time of of creativity I think if you do something often and you know practice makes you better the more the more work you do the better you get Um, and you know the more that it could turn into something I think yeah definitely consistency is is my big one so forming habits creating consistency yeah well waking up every single day and and creating I think is really hard yep like it's easier to sit around and binge Netflix yep but to actually wake up and make the effort to create, um, I think it takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, and working on the skill that it takes to create is another thing because you can have an idea, but if you don't have the skills to actually produce whatever it is you're trying to, then you're going nowhere, you know? So that's part of putting in all the hours to learn the skill of what you're trying to do and then your creativity can shine because you actually have the capability. Mm. So a matter of continuous learning, education. So that's obviously a big part of your strategy is education. Where do you, have you done, obviously Al, you're trained as a, as a carpenter, builder. Mm-hmm. I should say a carpenter, very mm-hmm. specific. Yep. A lot of chippies of you. Yeah, builder, in. no. Get that right. <laughs> Don't have my builder's license. Um, so that's, You've got your formal education there. Is there any sort of apps or communities that you tap into to learn new skills, digital marketing, woodworking, craftsmanship? 
Yeah, I've subscribed to Skillshare, which is a great platform to learn all sorts of different things. I've learned things about uh, photography and video editing um, and, yeah, lots of things about marketing. I listen to quite a lot of marketing podcasts. I'm part of a lot of Facebook groups of women in business and DIY and I, I'm very much a self-educator and I think every single day I at least YouTube or Google how to do something. I don't think there goes a day where I don't learn something new. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of the same, but I use a lot of like podcasts, audio books because I can listen to them while I'm working. So I love to just learn something while I'm working and keeping my mind doing two things at once, basically. I'm making something with my hands, but I'm also taking in information about any topic yeah, you've unrelated been learning french in the workshop i have i've kind of dropped off learning on that french recently but we 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 no i've dropped off on that a little bit but yeah i just last year i wanted to challenge my brain a bit with something new and language is something yep. that's interesting to me so so yeah. purely that's for the challenge or you guys uh it? yeah we were i mean we were going to go to europe this year but not sure if that trip will happen um but yeah, mostly just for the challenge. It wasn't really for any particular reason other than that. I just wanted to learn something new and challenge my brain with something hard, basically. And you just made mention of some podcasts that you listen to. Is there any specific ones that you really, really like that you could recommend? Uh, if other, you're into... other than the Surf Coast Creatives mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, of course, of course Surf Coast Creatives. To... Yeah. Um, Today? Yeah, one I really like is Mind Pump, which is like a fitness podcast. Mind Pump. And once you get past their kind of annoying accents, mm-hmm. um, it's really great information. They're both three very interesting people and they talk about all sorts of topics. And then they also talk about fitness. So it's something I love. I've learned a lot about fitness through them and a lot about just random facts and stuff. And I love that one, yeah. Have you got one, Imo? Yeah, so I listen to the Gold Digger podcast, which is by an American woman called Jenna Kutcher, and that's a very good one for digital marketing. Um, and she always has great ideas and is really good at communicating marketing uh-huh. uh, online. Uh, so that's something that I listen to. And then also I listen to a couple of Australian design podcasts like The House of Style, and they you know, interview really amazing creatives in the industry in Australia. And I just find that really inspiring to hear people's stories. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is there areas where you take inspiration from that sort of don't relate to what you're doing but are still effective? So myself, for example, I started um, at Toastmasters last year, which is a public speaking forum, and you learn to speak in public and do speeches and all kinds of things. And to learn more about public speaking, I started watching stand-up comedians yes. mm-hmm. rather than sort of watching, you know, your your executive coaching and things like that. Do you guys have anything similar? Yeah, well, like the Mind Pump guys talk a lot about business too, which is very interesting to me. They, they have a lot of uh, online business and stuff, so that's very fascinating to me. And it's something that I've taken on board with Imo. We're trying to get some online products off the ground and other things would be like comedians podcasts i love listening to comedy podcasts and the way that they back and forth and i think you definitely pick up skills from just hearing other people talk for sure yeah i also get really inspired through instagram there's quite a lot of creatives that i follow who just consistently create and they're showing up every single day 
and mastering their craft. And I just find so much inspiration out of watching people uh, do what they do really well, find a niche and then like absolutely, you know, do such a good job of that. But then also like share that with everybody else. I think it's one thing to be a creative, but then also another thing to be able to share that and communicate yep. that with other people. Like that takes a lot of dedication and that that's the kind of inspiration that I, yeah. I actually saw a good question on social media during the week about whether or not you are a creator or a consumer. So obviously with the Surf Coast Creators podcast, we're trying to be creators rather than consumers, you know, sitting back on the couch watching Netflix and the rest. So you guys are definitely in the category of creators. Mm -hmm. I would definitely put myself in the consuming category as, as well, well, though, because yeah. I do consume a lot of content like podcasts, uh, shows and such things like that but um definitely creating is part of a big part of our lives isn't it yeah so lots of self-learning lots of self-development beyond the apps and you know the youtube videos and whatnot who inspires you maybe start with you al um i get inspiration from all sorts of people like there's this one navy seal guy for instance who i heard him on joe rogan a long time ago his name's jocko willink Yep, and he's got this. Um, he's got his own podcast actually called Jocko Podcast. Yep, and he's just this really like staunch Navy Seal military guy, but his his attitude towards getting stuff done is discipline equals freedom. Yep, and I really love that quote because it it's so true and it resonates with me. Like if I put in the hard work, it gives me time later on to do the things I want to do, have money to buy the things I want to buy time to go surfing, whatever it is, if you discipline yourself, you have the freedom later on. And that obviously allows you to deal with problems and challenges that you faced in February? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's, it's he talks a lot about sort of mindset and, um, you know, creating the right attitude towards something that might be hard. Uh, you could just, you know, let it ruin you, but... Also, you can sort of take it as a lesson and grow from it. Yep. Yeah. So seeing the best of a challenge. Yeah. So he's he's one person, for example, that definitely um, inspires me yep. in a weird way. Yeah. I listened to his podcast the other day. He wakes up religiously every day at 4.30am, yep. doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, does he works cold showers, out. All sorts of stuff. His Instagram <laughs> is just photos of his watch. Yeah. At 4.30 a.m. To know, stay accountable. Just to stay accountable. <laughs> he takes a photo and then he goes yeah. back to bed. Yeah, who knows, <laughs> but it works. Yeah, he seems to be inspiring a lot of people around the world, so, yeah, it's good. And you, for you, Emma? Oh, look, there's lots of people. I find a lot of inspiration, obviously, by people that you follow online and podcasts that you listen to, but I also i am so inspired by the people around me who I'm really close friends with when they do exciting things and yeah. new projects. Like, if when you come and sit down for dinner and someone's telling you about a new idea they've got and, and what they've been making and what they've been up to and having that, you know, face-to-face -face conversation with people that you know, like this conversation we're hey, having right now and exactly. you guys starting a podcast, like, that fuels me, you yep. know? Like, I feed off other people's energy and when people around me are really motivated and creating, that's what really inspires me. Yeah, I think it's one of the, the beauties of the Surf Coast for sure. It's kind of a legacy, legacy from... Rip Curl, Quicksilver, they kind of created that vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. Like people moved here to surf in the 70s, 60s, yep. um, and they needed to make a living. So a lot of people just started businesses. Mm -hmm. So there was 
all sorts of kind of manufacturing happening down here and people just figuring out a way to make a dollar so they could stay down here and surf all the time. So I think that is really Mm. ingrained in the surf coast and um, you can still definitely feel that energy now. Like every second person I meet is an artist, a maker, a creator, a small business owner. Um, Yeah, the energy down here is, is a good one. Yeah, you get a lot of professionals too that come down from Melbourne and do some consulting and other things and they never leave. So Definitely. There's so many cases like like joining Jess's gym. There was just one in two people I reckon were just fell in love with the area and never went back to Melbourne. Yeah. So, having been city dwellers. So we've covered inspiration. We'll just we'll start to wrap things up a little bit. We've gone we're nearly, almost at one hour, so I think a really good start to the Surf Coast Creators <laughs> podcast. Very nice. Have you got any big advice for anyone listening in? They might be starting a business. They might be making some money on the side. They don't know what to do next. They want to take it to the next level. Got any advice for for people in that situation? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think just keep at it. Like that's one thing that can... You can get worn down sometimes, like thinking it's not going to go anywhere. Like you might have a slow month or, you know, you don't have a lot of business at this time, especially with the COVID-19, like a lot of businesses are struggling. But I think if you have a good idea and you really put in the work um, and it's a feasible idea, like, you know, you've had good feedback in the past or by friends and family, then it's definitely worth sticking at it and it'll flourish eventually if you work hard enough. Yeah, I definitely think um, you don't need a lot of money to start something really great. And I think if you consistently work at growing and expanding and progressing, you'll succeed. I think, you know, when we first started our business, people were like, you're not furniture makers. What are you talking about? But if you listen to the people who are trying to put you down, that's where you can kind of fall off. So I think stay in your own lane. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't spend heaps of money in the beginning. Be frugal with your business and uh, just invest in yourself, back yourself and work really bloody hard. I think very good advice and probably let it being a little bit selfish there because we're in a similar situation with the Surf Coast Creatives podcast. And it, we've built the website. A lot of people have said, oh, who did you pay to build your website? And it's like, we did it. Yep. We did it through yep. self-learning, self-development. Uh, the email list we built ourselves. The podcast we have done ourselves as well. Yes. It's all through we are free big, education. Yeah, big DIYers over here. We haven't outsourced anything in our business to date. So that's a big part of our business is figuring out how to do it ourselves. Um, and that's purely because we just haven't had the money to invest. We didn't yep. start with a lot. We've, we've always been um, very, very slow with making big financial moves in our business. And I think that's part of our success because... We haven't been greedy and we don't need more than what we need. Like it's slow growth is our mindset. Yep. So it'd be quite easy to go out there and get a $30,000 loan from the bank and double your production, but you don't want to do that. You want to be frugal, mm-hmm. build it organically, and that's why you want to keep it. Yeah, like yeah. we've never been out of pocket in our business. Yep. You know, we've just made and spent as we've gone, and yep. that's kind of how we want to keep things going. Yeah, it's, I think it's great advice for our listeners first up on the very first episode. Is there anywhere people can go to follow you guys and your story, social media? Have you got any offers for the listeners? You can jump on to alanimo.com.au. 
And on there you'll find under our DIY projects, there's a whole bunch of free resources that you can download. You can do some weekend woodworking projects. And we also have our 2020 goal setting guide, which is what we use to set our goals. Um, and we've been goal setting for about four years and uh, I definitely attribute that to our success. Yeah, and you can also catch us on our little brekkie show too if you want to see what we've been up to. We talk about all different topics, business, community and lifestyle as well. So um, yeah, that's another little avenue you can go down if you like. Yeah, we're also on all the socials so you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest and YouTube. Excellent. I've downloaded your how to build a DIY surfboard. Oh, nice. So I need to get into that. I don't have all the tools just yet, but... It's a project that I have in mind. Well, good thing you've got a friend with a workshop. <laughs> Al, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Is your workshop free this weekend? Uh, should be. I'll be definitely in there myself. Well, you missed a day of work today, so you'll probably be in there. Somewhere. I will be. Al and Imo, thanks very much for being here. Episode 1 of Surf Coast Creators Podcast. I think you've set a very high benchmark for the rest of the series throughout the year. Thanks so much for your time today. It's been awesome to finally sit down and have a chat and get this first episode out of the way. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks Loved very it. much. Thank you Thanks for having us. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for tuning in. So make sure you head to surfcoastcreatives.com slash subscribe, or you can subscribe on the front page. So surfcoastcreatives.com. Jazz, social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook at surfcoastcreatives on Instagram forward slash surfcoastcreatives on Facebook, or just search for us on Facebook. We're just hitting up social media, we're coming after you, we're going to interview lots and lots of creative entrepreneurs up and down the coast, similar to Alan Emo, so thanks for tuning in today, hope you enjoyed it. If you really, really enjoyed it, leave us a rating on iTunes, five star rating ideally, (laughs) the health of this podcast depends very much on the ratings, so if you could leave us a rating on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, it doesn't matter where you listen to it, that would be awesome, so thanks very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week for episode two. Thanks again, Alan Emo. No worries. Cheers. Thanks, guys.